This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Open for Business here on Enterprise. My name is Rich Bradbury. Now, when you've had one of those days, um, you're battling humidity, you're battling pollutants. The last thing you want when you come home is that air that feels as though you're being stifled. You know, we live in the tropics. It feels like you come home and you have to have a shower. But I'm speaking with Chris Lim. Uh, he is a guy, one of the guys behind Stera. They are an air and water purifier brand that has transformed over 3,000 homes uh, down in Singapore. They're now looking to redefine Malaysia's indoor experience. And I'm going to be discussing with him Stera's journey, some of the innovation and some of their plans for the future. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Richard. Excited to be here and having having fun together. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. How are things down there in Singapore right now? Yeah, things are great. Um, so I think the weather is uh, a bit of rainy and, and hot. So yeah. uh, transiting between that, so that's pretty uh, new this, this week. Right. Like I said, it's one of those situations where it feels as though you have to have a shower every time you come home from wherever you've been, right? Okay. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the, the beginning of Stereo then. Where did the kind of idea come from? Where did the brainchild come from? Yeah, so I think uh, Strife and me, my, my partner Strife and me, we have been doing e-commerce for the past nine years. Mm. Um, about two years plus ago, we decided we wanted to create uh, a global brand um, starting from Singapore. So we want to test an idea in Singapore. Um, and then once we make it work, proven the concept, we want to bring it across to different countries. So mm. that's what we are doing now. Um, with the products, we just wanted to create something that uh, would optimize life. So that's what uh, Strife and I have in common. Mm. Um, it's like we try to optimize our life for peak performance. Um, so if you look at our products, they are all uh, effective wellness products at home, like uh, the air purifiers, the air you breathe, water purifiers, the water you drink. We mm. have mattress in Singapore, which is optimizing sleep and massage chair, which is optimizing the, your muscles and your body. Mm-hmm. So it's all about getting the most out of your body that you can whilst you're here yeah <laughs> yeah that's, that's an interesting way yeah just to say it. that's that's correct okay um i want to talk about obviously the beginning of things then i mean you've explored and you've explained to me about where the concept come from and you started off like as you say in e-commerce a while ago let's talk about things like you know the, the funding and the financials um You've experienced really, really good success down in Singapore, uh, from what I understand. Can you share maybe some of the insights into the the, the financial backing or, or the funding that you that help you support this growth, and how you plan to use some of that funding um, for future endeavors? Yeah, sure. For us, we have always been a bootstrap company, so we operate in a lean and um, efficient as much as possible yeah. in, a, in a manner like that. Um, so we, ha- we haven't had funding so far. Um, how we do it is uh, in terms of being very focused on the impactful areas. So at, at each, po- each point of the company, which are the key areas that we just really have to do them really, really well and keeping it lean while doing so. 
and also trying to be creative in ways we do things. Um, and often we can do things at a, for example, lower cost or create much more value than mm. um, the standard ways. Mm. Now, as, as I mentioned just a minute ago, you have done well in Singapore, and now obviously you're expanding into the Malaysian market. Uh, and I, I can I also know that you've uh, you you show up quite regularly on on my Instagram and some of my other social feeds as well. What are, what are your long term plans for for like future international expansion? And obviously that's top of mind for you ne- uh, for you. Uh, which markets are you eyeing next? So we've got Singapore, Malaysia already. I'm assuming uh, Thailand, Philippines, and Indonesia, perhaps in the ASEAN region? And then how much further afield are you looking? Yeah, so so right now we're in Singapore, Malaysia, and US. Um, so US and Malaysia are kind of different, which we yeah. are also, it's, it's part of a testing for us as well. So it, one is a Southeast Asia market where yeah. it's, it's more developing and e-commerce is rather still early, direct-to-consumer e-commerce is still early. Whereas yeah. in the US, it's way more developed. Um, so it's more competitive, but people are more used to it. So it's, it's kind of different. Um, we are testing this too. Um, the plan is that whichever we can make more successful, we are going to move it more towards that direction. So mm-hmm. if US works, we're going to go for the big four, Canada, UK, Australia. Whereas I if see. Malaysia works better, we we're going to crack Southeast Asia. So, right. uh, yeah. Give me some insights right now then. Uh, I mean, if we were to put Malaysia in the red corner and the US in the blue corner, who, who seems to be uh, the better fighter right now? Um, right now, Malaysia will be doing better for us. Um, wow. But the reason could be also because we have started Malaysia earlier than US. So mm-hmm. we have just started US about probably three months ago, whereas mm. Malaysia, we have been in for about six months. So mm. it's enough time to understand the market and um, receive feedback and adapt mm. the business based on the the, mm. the current situation. I want to come back to that in just a minute, uh, uh, maybe the kind of uh, the engagement side of things and the marketing side of things a little bit later on. But I, but now I want to look at the, the, the kind of product development, I guess, because you've got this three-in-one HEPA filter uh, and that's you know, a standout feature, um, eliminating your claims are eliminating 99.97% of airborne pollutants. Can you delve a little bit deeper, deeper into the R&D process that led to this innovation? Yeah, so I think for, for us, when we look at not just the air purifier, but throughout all of our products, we focus mm. on, it is, it's, it's similar to how we look at business as a whole, so product development as well. We, we are very focused on the important parts of the product. So for example, right. with air purifier, it's about cleaning air. We want to make sure that part is done really, really well. Of course. Um, the other part is that we want to keep things very simple and minimalist as well. So if you look at our designs, they are usually more towards the minimalist and simple. Mm-hmm. And, and part of the reason is also it because it by doing so, we are able to minimize the cost that we pass on to consumers. Mm-hmm. So for example, if I want to create a fancy air purifier, I can do, you know, a Bluetooth speaker um, and functions like that, but they will add on the cost. But mm-hmm. is that what consumers really need and want? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not. That's why we, we, we make sure that Every feature that is done very, very well are things that are important um, to, to the end user mm, in, mm. in what it does. Um, and of course, we also focus really on design, uh, aesthetics. So it is something that you're going to put at home. You know, it's going to be a furniture. It's, we try to do it right. like a lifestyle product. It has to look yeah. good and feel good when you, when you put it in your house. So these yeah. are the things that we, we look at um, when we talk about product development. Now, in terms of the product itself, 
Is, is this a product that you know you, you designed from the ground up, or did it start off as like um, a kind of white label product that you adapted, or and how, how did it happen? Yeah. So, but what we do with our products is usually we will reach out to uh, partners um, in diff- uh, overseas markets. So we, we we don't own the factory, we don't create the products. But what we we'll do is discuss with them. You know, um, this this one. Uh, looks looks pretty aligned with what we want. Uh, we track we track with them how how they create the product. Um, yeah. Are their are their processes aligned with us as a company? So those yeah. are also important. Yeah. Um, once we have that, then we try we try to um, adapt to make it unique for for Stara as well. Got it. Got it. Okay, let's take a quick break here, um, uh, Chris. And then when I come back, I want to speak to you about the the marketing and branding thing. If that's okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. That's good. Folks, I'm on the phone with Chris Lim. He's one of the guys behind Stera. They uh, create air and water purifiers and a bunch of other stuff. They've been doing very well down in Singapore, helping uh, over 3,000 homes down in Singapore. They're now moving into a couple of other markets. We're going to speak about that when we come back with Chris. You're tuned in to Open for Business here on BFM 89.9, the business station. For more, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Open for Business. It's me, Rich Bradbury, and I'm on the phone with Chris Lim. He's down there in Singapore. If you're only just joining us, I'm speaking to him about uh, Stera. They are a company that helps uh, that create air and water purifiers. So that's their brand. Uh, now, Chris, just before the break, we we're speaking a little bit about expansion, product development. And I kind of want to rewind a little bit to what you were talking about, about the, the markets that you're currently in currently in and looking to expand a little bit further into um so you've had your success in singapore uh and now you're you're looking at these two other markets the us uh and malaysia which could depending on how successful they are determine your business direction if you like now what i'm interested in is, is for you to Talk to me a little bit about the different strategies that you're using, because obviously the US is very different to Malaysia um, and obviously also different to Singapore. Talk to me a little bit about that and how you've uh, adapted your marketing strategies for these different markets. Yeah, sure. I think we are, we are very lucky to have uh, e-commerce as our background. Mm. So e-commerce has allowed us to test new markets very quickly and very cost-efficient, in a very cost-efficient way. Um, so for example, if I want to test, for example, in the past, if I'm not in e-commerce, if I want to test US market, I have to go there, set up stores, roadshows, right. yeah. um, and then I'm going to listen to customers, be there physically. But with yeah. e-commerce, what we can do is actually, we can just duplicate our playbook, create an online store, you know, uh, move, move some products, minimal products over there, run some ads, see how, how the customers there react to our ads and adapt from there very quickly mm. and efficiently. Mm. In a sense, the data is very visible. Just by spending, you know, $50, I'm able to have a lot of data on why people are reacting to it and why they're not re- reacting to mm. it. Mm. So get the feedback, um, adapt and try again with another $50. So that is very 
efficient way of testing market. Same for Malaysia right. as well. Right. Do you have particular um, social medias that you're, you're, you're focused on? I mean, when I've seen your product, it's mainly been, I think, on Instagram. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's mainly been on Instagram that I've seen it. It, does that differ though for Malaysia compared to the US? Or are, do they consume differently? They they consume rather similarly. Um, so our main and it also relates to our strengths, our company's right. strengths. Yeah, we are, we are stronger in Facebook, um, Instagram, TikTok marketing. So yeah. these are the marketing that you know, in a sense, we call it like push ads. We push the ads to to the, yeah. to the consumers. Yeah. Um, as compared to Google, which is like a pool. So yeah. Google search works only when people search for the products. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it, it is kind of like more um, reactive and waiting. And there's a cap to how much you can go. But on a, in a sense, Facebook is like, I can push to anyone who is scrolling Facebook. And right. if the ad is good enough, it has a chance to convert anyone who may mm-hmm. not even be looking for air purifier in the first place. Mm. Um, that is what we really like about push marketing. Um, and because of that, it becomes very scalable and very scalable, very quickly. Right, right, right. Interesting stuff. Now, one of the, uh, and this is an interesting, uh, topic because obviously if we'd have been having this conversation maybe a year ago, uh, a year and a half ago, middle of the pandemic, everybody seemed to be out there buying an air purifier or or, or dehumidifier or even a humidifier, for example. And it's a, it's a competitive landscape, you know? How would you say that you differentiate yourself from your competitors in terms of your quality, your innovation, your, your customer service? What is different about you guys? You know, what would you say is your USP? Um, I think we have a few USP. So the first one is in terms of product, um, mm. which is what we have mentioned before as well. We keep the product simple, minimalist, and they look good. Um, and because of the how we keep products simple, but still very effective in the important areas. We are able to keep costs low and we translate that to the, to the customers. So what they, what they have in the end is that they pay value prices, but get premium air purifiers if you are considering the effectiveness of the air purifier. But right. if you want like a fancy, you know, branded with like high sound quality from Bluetooth speaker, then it wouldn't be something that mm. we'll be good mm. at. So mm. we are good at what, what it does and they keep it very, very beautiful. You know, looks good in the home. Um, the second part is of our. It relates to our strength, which is um, digital marketing, uh, paid ads specifically. So we are able to have a great product and communicate this to many people. And sometimes we are also able to add some portion of education, so people may not realize that you know actually air purifiers are so important because they, they, they wouldn't go and read up themselves. But if you're able to push ads effectively, they are able to see more and more people are able to see, for example, how air purifier can help them or their children. Mm. Um, and that's something that we do well as well. So mm-hmm. because of these two reasons, we are able to push air purifier. And usually if we do it well, we can even expand the, the demand of air mm. purifiers. I mean, they are an important product. You know, um, they, they play, as you know, a, a crucial role in improving indoor air quality uh and and with that in mind they are a a product that often requires uh you you need to change the filters every now and again uh maybe once a year maybe once every i I don't know what your product is like some it's once a year some it's once every six months some it's once a month but how do you say that you you would 
I guess, address your environmental footprint as well, because this is obviously a topic that people are talking about right now with, with ESGs and companies who are, you know, saying, okay, we want you to be healthier. And then when you kind of look behind in the background, the, the, the factories that they're employing and the ways in which their methods of production are, are not necessarily green. How do you ensure that your manufacturing process and you, and everything behind that is fairly sustainable? Well, I think one way we do it is that we keep all of our products are um, energy-saving products. So right. um, in two ways, right? So first, it's, it's good for the environment. But second, yeah. it is also good for the consumer themselves. So um, my personal belief is that if it is only good for the environment itself, I mean, there will be people that will, will act towards it. But if you link it with the personal consumer and the environment, then it is very scalable. So because right. you save money and you also save the environment at the same time, then yeah. everyone will want it. You know. Yeah. So that's yeah. what that's what that's what one of our main focus. All of the products we have are energy saving, efficient. So for example, when it's not turned on and things like that, um, it will just go to sleep mode or mm -hmm. requires the minimal energy required to to mm -hmm. function. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So so that's how we do that. So obviously, as your company grows and thrives, um, you, you're going to have to have, I would imagine, staff in these various locations to help with, you know, last mile and logistics and all of that kind of stuff. How do you plan to retain some of the top talent like you're using right now, especially in the regions where your brand might not be as well known? Yeah, so I think... Um I think that every stage there is a, a type of specific type of talent that we want to retain. So when we yeah. go to a new country, um, the risk is higher. So we, it is good that people may not know about us because uh -huh. it would mean that they would take a bigger risk and they're okay with it. So um, it is a good thing. We, I think that it's not about retaining all types of talent, but it's about aligning and retaining the, correct type of talent at that point of time. So yeah. if we are new to a market, then we we want people who are okay with not knowing who we are. Yeah. Um, but when we talk with them, then we realize that we share with them our values or what we're yeah. trying to achieve. And, and if you we kind leave, of meet. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that's, mm. that's more sustainable. Or uh, if not, we, we find someone who is like, um, have lower risk tolerance, although they could be very strong in other areas, but that would yeah. not be sustainable. If we yeah. take, for example, more, more time than, um, he is com or he or she is comfortable with to to yeah. make make it work. So that's okay. how we think about um, retaining top talents. Yeah, it's all more about alignment. So I've been reading a little bit about you and Strife, and obviously, you guys have had a quite the entrepreneurial journey and and quite diverse. You know, selling toilet stools, t shirts, uh, a whole bunch of different stuff before you founded Stera. During that process, and. and I guess this is one of those questions where, you know, if you were an entrepreneur, if you were a budding entrepreneur and you had the chance to sit down with somebody in a corner and say, okay, of all of these journeys that you've been on and the mistakes that you've made and the things that you've learned for you, what is the most important thing that you've learned so far along this journey? Oh, I think there's so, so many uh, and across different <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe top yeah. one or two, top three, something you know. Um, I would say that the the one of the most important is is the focus. So at every point, at every phase of the company, there are things that is the most important. So when you're starting, for example, you're starting. Um, when we started as well, you know, we want to create a nice website. 
uh, have nice photos, have a nice logo and, and things yeah. like that. But that's not the most important. The most important at that point would be, for example, product market fit. Yeah. Um, at the shortest time, amount of time and money or other resources, make sure that your product, people want your product at that price point. Um, if you can get that, then you don't need a nice website. Your website can be super ugly, but it will yeah. still sell. Your product so, speaks for itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but once you found product market fit at the next step, what is the most important thing to focus on at a time? So I think entrepreneurship is about that. Um, figuring out what's the most important thing to focus and then mm. figuring out how to do it well and then just mm. to do it well. And then you pass that phase and you move on to the next. Um, right. So that that is the growth part. The second part would be throughout all these things, make sure that you don't die. So because <laughs> make sure that you sustain long enough and have enough resources not to die. And then you move right. on to the next step, you pass. Yeah. Right. So I think yeah, these, okay. these two will be the most important things to. I, I think I might have to use that as a quote, make sure you don't die um, you know, <laughs> as a company, obviously um, it's yeah. a good quote though. I mean, it, it's, it's a good quote. And I guess the last question I have for you then before I let you go is when you kind of cast your mind forward um, and you and Strife are, are, are sat talking as you're having maybe your, your cup of tea, your cup of coffee, and you discuss where you want to be in five or 10 years time. You know, where do you see yourselves in terms of where do you see your products? Where do you see your 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 market presence? Yeah, so if we look at five to ten years, um, right now what we are doing is um, expanding new markets. So one of the things we want to be in five to ten years, of course, to be very uh, one of the strongest players, um, especially for e-commerce in the different markets across the world. Yeah, um, same like what we are we are in Singapore right now, but across many different countries um the second part would be in terms of you know uh, product innovation so right now what we are doing um as we discussed is because of where we are at we we do things in a lower risk so we want mm. to have simple products that effective people that is proven that people want this product mm. um, and we do it very very well and we just sell so it, it's rather low risk um, but once we become bigger and we have more resources to play with what we're going to do is to invest more in product innovation so what can we do to, for example, air purifiers that can be one step ahead of everyone else? And we can risk, we can try to, you know, get some research and things like that, but it's still a bigger risk to have something more different and see whether it sticks. Mm -hmm. um, and if it doesn't, okay, we, we can still survive. But if it does, then we become like an innovator of something, um, an improved product that people are also willing to accept. So right. that, that is one of the uh, future directions we want to push there to. Great. Chris, thank you very much for your time today. That's great. Thanks so much, Richard. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed myself. My pleasure. Folks, I've been on the phone with Chris Lim. He is one of the guys behind Stera. They are a homegrown Singapore brand uh, committed to revolutionizing the way people improve indoor air quality in their homes. Their primary focus is on providing convenient and effective air purifier solutions for everyone to enjoy uh, cleaner and healthier air. Now, we'll be back same time, same place tomorrow. And if you miss any part of this show, don't forget you can go and download the podcast uh, wherever you normally get it from. I recommend using the BFM app it's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. For Enterprise, my name is Rich Bradbury here on BFM 89.9. This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 